the humanities and social sciences. Welcome to another episode of Oh the Humanities and Social Sciences, the hashtag hashchat podcast. In part two of my chat with Susan Caldas, we discuss her PhD research and how we can best prepare future geography teachers whilst they're at university. I'd like to move on to having a chat about something else you mentioned mm-hmm. in your introduction, uh, which was you're now a mm, PhD candidate. Yes. So can you have a, have a chat about, um, firstly, why do you, um, you know, quit your job and start doing a PhD? What, what yeah. drove you to do that? And uh, what are you studying? What, what, what are your methodologies? What yeah. are you trying to okay. achieve out yeah, of it? Yeah, good questions. Thank you, Marco. Um, I guess after I'd had the experience um, leading the Australian curriculum development process, which then also led to my what's become almost now 10-year involvement with the professional associations, um, I went back into teaching in schools and I was very happy to do so and um, I, I was really looking forward to, you know, being back in a school, having, you know, having a faculty again, um, being part of a school community. Um, and I found really quickly that I guess it just wasn't for me anymore and I wanted I wanted something more from education. Um, I still wanted to make a difference. I still wanted to be involved within geography education. Um, but I guess it was just becoming clearer to me that um, within a school wasn't the right place for me anymore. And uh, I guess that kind of um, that was very hard for me to to deal with and I think there's a lot of teachers probably at the mid-career stage, you know, who have this moment of, of wondering whether uh, the teaching career that they had their heart set on in their 20s, you know, is, is sustainable and is for them and is it still fulfilling. And because I still remember ticking that box at the end of the uni, you know, when you start your first job and, you know, is there anything else you want to do? No, I want to be in the school for the rest of my life, you know. I'm going to be wheeled out, um, you know, when, when my career comes. I At the time I could not imagine being um, anywhere else um, for my career, um, regardless of, of schools didn't have to be the same school, but, you know, I, I never imagined that a teaching career would take me outside of a school, so to speak. But I guess throughout the um, ACARA experience, I got to see what a career in education could look like beyond the school grounds. And it was going back into a school that confirmed to me that I think I could now probably have more effect outside of a school. And that outside of a school became the university. And I guess, you know, the the Geography Teachers Association, both New South Wales and and nationally, has been a big part of my life and um, for the last 10 years. And, you know, I've been so, um, you know, directly involved in the leadership of of future directions for the associations and the leadership of professional learning that that was really my calling. We all know we don't get paid within the GTA. Do you know what I mean? Um, that, and so to do that as a full-time job was was not going to be sustainable or even an option. Yet I didn't want to leave my commitment to the to the GTA and the geography education community in Australia. And 
And so I sort of worked through a few options and I thought what actually needs to happen is that I need to now act on what I've learned. And what I've learned about geography education is that, you know, there needs to be more research done. There needs to be longitudinal research. Um, there needs to be work in the pre-service teacher space um, and there needs to be work done around pedagogical practice in geography and what that looks like and, um, you know, some evidence around um, what good geography teaching looks like. And so um, where I where I sort of settled was um, within the pre-service teacher space. Um, so I'm looking at pre-service teachers, um, I, how, how their pedagogy and how their teaching practice transforms in their journey from professional experience uh, through to entering the profession and into their early career years of teaching. Um, so uh, that, that's sort of what I'm looking at. You could basically frame it around, you know, what makes your geography lesson geographical? You know, what, what's the powerful pedagogies? We've heard about our powerful knowledge in geography. Um, I'm looking at the other side of that. I mean, you have to know some stuff to be able to know how to teach. Um, but you know, the, the, for the pre-service teachers in particular, we there are very few universities who offer a geography method course. I think there's about 12 in Australia. There's about something around the, I forget the figures, they're in the decadal plan, um, but it's something around, there's, there's 47 universities around Australia that will offer an education degree and 12 to 13 of them will offer the opportunity for teachers to specialise and become specialist geography teachers. And, um, you know, I'm fortunate to be based at a university where one of those methodology classes is offered and um, to be involved in its design and, and implementation. And so for me that was just sort of the screaming gap. Um, I could verify that in the research and the literature and uh, that's what I'm doing. So I'm using a qualitative methodology. Um, so I do these um, these social labs, which are sort of a two to three hour uh, problem solving project based type workshops with my uh, PhD participant group. Uh, we've had two of them. We've got another couple to come uh, next year. Um, and they're at sort of strategic moments in, in the timeline. So we did one before they went on their final year professional experience uh, to see what they thought good geography teaching was all about and some goals that they had and things they wanted to do and, you know, um, sort of some of their ideas around uh, geography education. And then towards the end of last year, uh, when they'd finished their degree, they've actually, all my participant group have actually all uh, gained employment ready for next year um, at a variety of schools um, around Sydney and New South Wales, so that's terrific. Um, so they've kind of formally entered the profession now and some of them had been uh, working a little bit during sort of term four. Um, so we had another social lab then to kind of review their ideas about professional experience you know what happened uh, was the reality different to what they thought it was going to be how did they manage that um, now with a few months behind them you know what what are their goals and their aims for moving forward into their early career years of teaching um, and so towards the end of next year um, and then early the following year we will have um, 
other social labs to kind of probe through those questions. Um, I go and watch them teach uh, several times. So it's the same, whatever school they're in, it's the same class uh, two to three times. And um, so we can see like a progression in the relationships that are built with students and in the teacher's ability and inclination to perhaps experiment with different pedagogies or um, to try certain things or or, or to not and, and to explore those reasons why. And then we have interviews afterwards both uh, with my PhD participants and um, last year while they were on prac it was their supervising teacher. Um, from here on it will be their head teacher. Um, and, uh, yeah, sort of, sort of just I guess asking them to think about their practice uh, connect it to the theory, look at the actual reality of what geography teaching looks like, um, what enables them, what constrains them. And, um, yeah, really kind of trying to look at um, the, the journey of a pre-service teacher into their early career years, um, how we've set them up at university through the methodology courses. So uh, some of these findings will be able to inform uh, the next iteration of, of what a geography method course looks like um, because from that we can learn what's been useful and powerful for them and uh, what hasn't. Um, and it can also be uh, contributing to the pool of research that exists internationally um, around the pre-service teacher experience, um, their, their enablers, their constrainers, their reflective capacity um, and where they connect into the, the JOG standards, which was uh, some of the work of, of Dr Gina Creerwalt and others. And then next year as they commence their early career years, sort of look at how ideas and, and, and practice changes and also, I guess, uh, reflects also the culture of the school. And that's been another thing that's come out quite strongly, particularly on professional experience as well, that, you know, the, the participants have wonderful, brilliant, clever and creative ideas about what they'd like to do in the classroom and the culture of the school and the faculty can be an enabler for that or it can be a, a, a constrainer of it too. So it's looking at, at those sorts of things and how what you want to do also needs to fit the needs of your students and the culture of the school. Yeah, and, and how, are the, how are the participants of the students themselves responding to your, your PhD research here? They've been, they've been amazing. Um, I had a participant group um, that dropped out of the study, so <laughs> that was a bit problematic for a little while. So I had one participant group um, and we got through the whole first social lab and, um, you know, we were all ready to go out on prac and, and then they, they dropped out. So that was a little bit unfortunate but, but understandable. And I was fortunate to quickly be able to recruit a brand new participant group. And I guess uh, the learning for me was that it's not about me coming to watch them and to provide critique on their lessons because it's actually not that. And I think that was probably a misunderstanding with the first group. Um, the role of me coming to watch is almost like being their personal coach and their mentor, you know. It's not my role as a researcher to give them feedback on their practice, you know. My role as the researcher is just to observe it and to sort of 
probe their thinking and and get them to communicate to me what their planning decisions were and how they felt it was enacted and what they saw happening um, in the classroom and, you know, what this uh, kind of became for the student experience and for them and what they learnt from it. So it's not really about what I think of their lesson. It's it's getting them to, to show me what they can do and then to tell me, you know, that, those sort of visible thinking routines, if you like, behind all their, their ideas about what I actually came to observe. And so this participant group now have really embraced the opportunity. They've really sort of seen me as a, as a bit of a personal coach and a mentor and um, they know that I'm not there to sort of, um, of course, I, if when I see brilliant things, I tell I tell them that you can't you can't not. Um, but I, I, it's not my role to give them the feedback on the lesson. You know what I mean? It's my role to kind of unpack it, get them to unpack it for me. So they've been um, amazingly responsive and. Um, you know, do everything to time, send me all the stuff I need before we go out on the observations, um, enter into these social labs with such gusto. Um, the, the data that they're giving me is just incredible. So um, this summer of data analysis is going to be um, <laughs> insightful and time-consuming because they've given me a lot to work with, which is great. Yeah, great. And look, and what, what's the projected timeline for the completion of your uh, of your PhD, Susan? Yeah, um, I have to have it all wrapped up and done by July next year. So I've got about the best part of eighteen months left. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, just about halfway through now, and um, because I'm doing it full time, and you know, got some funding attached to that through the university. Yeah, that's the commitment. You do it within three years, and and so far, um, it, it's pretty much on track. So. Um, I'll start the data collection again uh, this year, probably probably about March or April. You know, I want to give them, you know, some time to settle into their school, probably from April onwards. Um, you know, no one wants to go in. <laughs> when you're in your first week in a new school, you know, that's, that's just cruel for everybody. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, give them some time to settle in and, um, and uh, then we'll start the data collection process again and then it will be the next stage of writing up. Yeah. Okay, and look. Once this is done, this is it's July twenty twenty one. PhD's done. Uh, I'm not sure if you thought this long ahead, but but mm. what, where to from there? Yeah, I I have thought about it. Um, I there's a lot there's a lot of things that I guess I I would like to do. I if an academic career um, is a possibility, then I would very much love to do that and. Um, and sort of work within a university where geography methodology is not offered yet, if you know what I mean, um, to, to be able to go to a university and, and to set one up and to um, perhaps also be one who leads the consultancy and design of setting up, um, you know, geography method courses at, a number of universities around Australia. I'm also really interested in the um, sort of um, the approach that America uses um, where you've, you've got your professional association and the university quite connected and jointly you offer professional learning for the community of geography educators. Um, so that's another avenue I wouldn't mind exploring as well um, through the setting up of various academies, if you like. 
And uh, the other the other area to explore that can be part of it as well is looking at, you know, so whilst my PhD research looks at the the nature and quality of education, a in teacher training, but also in what's happening in the classroom with our pre-service and early career teachers. Um, there's work to be done too within the sort of um, departments of geography at universities and looking at, I guess, you know, the the delivery of, of content and the structure of tutorials and the, the educational side of things that's happening um, within the discipline of geography. And um, in Europe, uh, the, the geography education researchers are actually housed uh, within the departments of, and faculties of geography and schools of geography, um, and they work quite closely with the I guess the the pure geography academics, if you like, in in ensuring that course delivery is is uh, as good as it can be. Um, so that's uh, so the the geography education researchers become you know the geographers as well. They're not housed in education such as they are here in Australia. So that's another thing that I'm interested in looking at. And also, I guess there's there's opportunities that I'm exploring overseas as well. So um, it would I would like it to be within the university, but I at the moment I'm very interested in geostem, which I think we'll get to, and um, in our conversation here anyway, and um, the the sort of the the American model of um, you know better and closer connections between universities, uh, geography academics and the professional association for teachers. So you're kind of working as a bit of a, a, a triad, if you like, and, and working really closely together to provide um, professional learning opportunities um, for not only teachers but pre-service teachers, academics and everything. It's kind of the, a bigger pool together and cross-fertilise as well. So they're the type of things I'm interested in and um, that's how I feel that my next Making a Difference can occur. Thank you for listening. To continue the conversation, find us on Twitter at hashtag HouseChat. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au